0: Shopify is a rocket ship. With an estimated 20% of the e-commerce market share in the world, second only to WordPress and WooCommerce, it's thought that there are around 1 million Shopify stores out there with about half of them being active. Its popularity cannot be denied. In fact, in the US, search volume for Shopify now exceeds search volume for WordPress, which is crazy to think. In this podcast episode, we're going to be examining three Shopify success stories and reverse engineering exactly what they've done to enjoy such incredible growth on this fast growing platform. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, and I'm head ninja at a digital marketing agency called Exposure Ninja. And we work with businesses all over the world both service companies and also e commerce businesses. And we've worked with our fair share of Shopify sites. Now, in this episode, we're gonna be reverse engineering three Shopify success stories. But before we do that, I just wanted to talk a little bit about why some e commerce companies choose Shopify as their platform. The clear killer feature for Shopify is simplicity. Shopify is really easy to use because really it only does e commerce. So, whilst a platform like WordPress with WooCommerce might give you A lot more control and functionality over every aspect of your site and something like magento might give you more integration options actually shopify's limitations are its main strength because those limitations allow them to make it very very simple to use and it's simple enough that you can actually get a site built you know within a couple of hours because it's all kind of template based and ready to go right out of the box. So that's the thing that people really love about it. Now, whilst it's a great platform, the success stories we're going to be looking at today are not successes because they've used Shopify. They're successes and they use Shopify. So these businesses would have been successful with whatever platform they use, We just wanted to look at three of the biggest Shopify success stories for this podcast. Okay, so on to the success stories. Number one is Fashion Nova. Now, considering that Fashion Nova was the most searched fashion brand in the US in 2018, ahead of everyone else that you would have heard of, Gucci, Louis V, Fashion Nova beat them all in search volume, a significant portion of listeners, I'm guessing, will be wondering why they've not heard of this massive e-commerce success story. Well, the reason is that this is a brand that was built on Instagram. This isn't a brand that does loads of TV advertising. It's not a brand that does loads of outdoor. They don't even do very much search advertising either. This is a brand that's very, very visible to a certain demographic of people on Instagram, which is their target audience. If you look on their website, their audience is so Instagram native that even a lot of their product photography doesn't really look like standard product photography. It looks like the sort of pictures that people would post on Instagram. So yes, it's nicely done, it's professionally done and everything's well lit. This isn't like terrible photos of someone in their bedroom, but the style is very typical of what we would expect to see from high-end influencers on Instagram. So Fashion Nova was founded in 2006, really as a group of physical stores to begin with, remember those. Um, The e-commerce site wasn't launched until 2013, and the founder in an interview said that actually the reason they launched the e-commerce site is because he noticed that there was lots of other businesses selling similar products for a higher price and they were shifting more volume online. So he kind of knew that e-commerce was where things were going. So they set up an Instagram page very quickly, got 60,000 followers on it. Today, that Instagram page has 19 million followers and Instagram really is where it happens for Fashion Nova. So not only do they have massive following of their own page, but loads of their customers use hashtags like Nova Babe, Fashion Nova and Nova Family to try to get featured on the main Fashion Nova channel. Because imagine if I'm taking a photo of myself in Fashion Nova clothes and I send it to Fashion Nova and they publish it in front of their 90 million people, I'm going to pick up some visibility from that as well. So we've got to a stage now where actually Fashion Nova is kind of the influencer and the people who are buying the products are trying to reach out to Fashion Nova to tap into their platform. So it's kind of backwards version of influencer marketing in a way, but pretty cool. But they've used influencers since the start. This is really how they've grown. From the very early days of Cardi B's career, for example, Fashion Nova would send her product to wear and they collaborated and created a collection and Cardi B managed to sell it out in minutes once she posted about it on her Instagram channel. Now, it's been reported that Fashion Nova pays Cardi B as much as 20K a month. So clearly they're investing in these influencer channels. They've also been paying folks like Kylie Jenner since 2016 to wear Fashion over clothing and it was reported that every post that she put out would generate around 50k of sales for Fashion Nova. Now in 2018, the founder was interviewed mentioning that they had around 3,000 influencers. So this isn't 3,000 people posting about Fashion over clothing because actually there's millions of people posting about Fashion over clothing. This is an influencer marketing campaign or 3000 ambassadors that they're working with to put stuff out so it just shows although we don't know the numbers behind the business because it's privately owned it just shows the amount of investment that they're willing to put into this strategy to maintain a stable of 3000 influencers you know this isn't a small operation this is massive they're also doing a pretty good job with their seo as well have some pretty good visibility for some non-branded terms But it really feels like this has been a kind of accidental visibility type thing that it doesn't look like they've pursued SEO as a kind of conscious strategy really until fairly recently. And of course, having 4 million people search for your brand every month in the US doesn't hurt your organic visibility either. Now, when I carried out my research into them, it looks like they've run some pay-per-click campaigns uh, through Google ads as well. But these are really poorly targeted, targeting really broad terms like fashion, which is extremely unlikely to generate ROI. So it really doesn't feel like this has been part of their strategy. Very similar to Facebook ads or Instagram ads, they haven't run any paid stuff, it doesn't appear. It's really just been this influencer marketing strategy and this swell of viral growth that they've generated as a result of all of their customers posting about Fashion Nova. Their Trustpilot reviews are pretty poor, there's a lot of people complaining about their refund policy. Where they only give you store credit they don't give you money about things like shipping times and stuff like this so this isn't a business that has got absolutely everything absolutely nailed this is a business that's found one thing that works really well and they've just ridden it as hard as they possibly can the second shopify success story that we're looking at is best self co now best self co sell journals and diaries and little card packs basically analog tools to help people with their productivity. The first product was the Best Self Journal and this was launched on Kickstarter. They initially launched it with a 20k target. This was a side project for the co-founders, but they managed to raise 327k in just 28 hours, which obviously gives them huge validation. Can you imagine the validation that you'd have and the proof of concept the confidence that you would have going into producing that product knowing that you'd smashed your target so comprehensively. Now one of the co-founders Kat says that the business is now an eight-figure company so let's talk about how they've grown from this initial Kickstarter into such a success story. Now the first thing I wanted to discuss is their website the bestself.co website is beautiful. (laughs) This business really appreciates good design which is obviously important when you're selling something like organization and success. This business the image of the products is great this is the kind of flat lay thing that you would typically see you know when you go on the site it's all macbooks and it's a flat lay with a nice dark wood table with all of the journals like nicely positioned with a pen just kind of angled nicely this is beautiful it looks very calm and very well organized which is great i also absolutely love their product pages particularly the one for the best self journal itself which is their best selling product the reason the product pages are so good as well as being very nicely laid out they have a huge volume of user generated reviews so this journal has over five user generated reviews which is great in itself because obviously it gives massive credibility. But the thing I really love about it is that with a lot of these reviews, people have included a video or pictures of them with their journals. So this gives even deeper social proof and even deeper connection with their target audience because I can say, you know, you faked the reviews if none of them have any pictures. If they're all just reviews on your own website, then, you know, those reviews could be fake. As soon as people start, filming videos of them with their journals and taking pictures of how they're using them, that credibility really dials up a notch. So I think that's a fantastic thing that they've done. The other great thing about this strategy is as well that they've got loads of user-generated content, which is essentially keyword-rich, keyword-variant content on their product pages, which is gold for Google because it means you've got a much better chance of ranking for some of these phrases that their audience uses. Another thing that I absolutely love, love, love about this business, particularly with the journal side of things, is that they put the subscription thing front and center. So if you're going to sell a quarterly journal to people, really, You want to get them buying so that you can deliver one every quarter or you can deliver four a year on a subscription. People buying things on subscription means you don't have any customer acquisition cost. Your cost per acquisition is like zero because you've already made that purchase and then it's just repeat from there on. So they have a little price incentive to get you to subscribe and they actually offer the subscription from the product page. You have two options you can either buy one or you can buy the subscription. And like I say, there's a financial incentive to do that. So I love that. The subscription model, obviously very important for this business because they don't have a huge marketing budget, it would appear. It doesn't look like they're pushing digital marketing as hard as they possibly could. So obviously they've grown to eight figures through repeat purchase and monetizing their existing audience very effectively. They also have a great range of related products. So starting out with the journal, but then creating other productivity and interesting related products that their target audience is gonna purchase. And it's great to see that they're able to monetize their audience by offering these alternative things even if you can't buy any more journals because you can only get through one a quarter. So they really do need to try selling you these kind of ancillary products and different related things. It's also very apparent that they've tested selling coaching and membership programs as well around productivity. How successful these have been is difficult to tell. The websites don't look like they're massively current. So I'm tempted to think that they're not really a strategic priority for the business, whereas the physical products clearly doing very well and we can see with a number of reviews that these are popular. So how do they get customers in the first place? Well one of the breakout things that happened for them is they won a Shopify contest in 2016 that brought them in contact with some real prominent figures in the business world. People like Tony Robbins and Damon John who's one of the sharks on Shark Tank uh, and also founded FUBU. Now they use Damon John and they use the relationship with Damon John on the site still very much. You can see him in product photos, you can see quotes where he's talking about the products. They know that he and people like Tony Robbins are real authority to their target customer. So it's kind of a more, it's it's an influencer marketing strategy in a way because they know that these people hold influence. So whilst Damon's not like on his Instagram page talking about how great Best Self Journal is. They understand the importance of having a face like him on the site talking about success and talking about productivity next to one of their journals. Because really what they need to do in the marketing is associate productivity and success with the habit of filling in a daily journal because that's their business. Their Instagram seems to be driving a bit of traffic. Uh, They've got 130,000 followers. They're picking up around about 1,000 per month according to Social Blade. And the interesting thing here is that they don't really push too much of the personality behind the business on their Instagram page. What they do instead is share mostly productivity and tips, stuff that's going to be interesting to their audience. So it's really about helping their audience develop, helping their audience to become more effective and better in whatever they're doing, which is kind of what the product is there for as well rather than saying hey these are the people behind the business. Now the founder is very active on Instagram as well and she has her own thing going on but really their main Instagram page they're posting every other day and usually it's some well-designed tip about productivity or a series of posts about that type of topic. They've also got a decent following on Facebook 200k but very, very low organic engagement, which is fairly typical these days. It looks like they've tried to run some Facebook ads, but it got shut down within a day. This was in 2018 and they didn't bother doing any more. So that's kind of interesting. And to be honest, that's something I'd like to see them pushing into a bit more. I think they've got a great product and a great site, but they're just not really pushing these things as hard as they possibly could. They do have a Facebook group, which is where they collect their community and the engagement is very strong in there. So that's one of their primary ways of talking to their customers and obviously keeping top of mind. Now they're ranking pretty well on Google, but really the traffic that they're mostly generating is for their own branded terms. For broader kind of productivity type searches and for things around journals, Actually, they're not doing that well. Same with Google Ads. They're mostly running Google Ads for their product types, their product names and their brand name, rather than some of these more less kind of brand-oriented phrases. One of the things I'd really like to see them do would actually be to target some of their competitors' products because there's a decent search volume for people who are comparing these different types of journals from best self versus other companies. And there's two approaches that you can take to win from that. First thing that you can do is you can write some content on your website comparing your product versus your competitor. You can then make it really detailed, maybe drive some links to it and potentially run some ads to it. And that'll get some traffic to it and get it ranking for people that are searching for those topics. The other thing that you can do is you can invite your influencers and ambassadors to do a comparison of different journals. Now, if you're sending them product, if you're paying them to do a review of the comparison, then, you know, it's reasonably likely that they're going to favor your stuff. So when they write something on their site, comparing the different journals, there's a chance that it could rank. So I'd like to see them being a little bit more aggressive with targeting these other brands because there's some evidence that the other brands are actually targeting Best Self's brand name, but they're not really doing it the other way around. The other thing that I'd really like to see them doing is being more aggressive with their organic content strategy. So tips around productivity, tips about how to plan your day, how to plan your week, how to set quarterly goals. All of this will be great content and it will fit really well with what Best best Self is all about. They can put this on their website in a really detailed knowledge base and start building up huge volumes of organic traffic from people who are in that space, who are thinking about these things. A very logical next step would then be to get them in the Facebook group to talk about productivity, to get them into an email newsletter, or even just to sell them into a journal and get them on a subscription. So I'd like to see them doing that type of thing. This feels like a business that's ready for the next step with their digital marketing. And as much success as they've enjoyed today, I think they could go a lot harder. The third Shopify success story that we're going to be looking at is Gymshark. Now, we've released a podcast episode and a video on our YouTube channel talking about Gymshark in much more detail and reverse engineering every element of their digital marketing. But if you don't have time for that, here's the TLDR. So Gymshark is a fitness clothing brand started in the UK, I think, in about 2012 And uh, they've gone on to enjoy some ridiculous success, you know, recent valuation over a billion pounds. So massive, massive growth. And that's without external investment until very recently. Now, a little bit like Fashion Nova, Gymshark has built their visibility on the back of influencers. In fact, Gymshark's visibility and success and brand has been built so heavily on influencers if you took the influencers out, for me, it's almost like the influencers are the skeleton of the business, right? It's where all the structure comes from. It's where all the audiences come from. And this has been the way since the start of Gymshark. So Gymshark really saw its breakthrough when it was exhibiting at an expo in uh, in Birmingham and had invited a whole bunch of fitness influencers, primarily from YouTube, to come and be on the Gymshark stand. Now these influencers were posting about the fact that they were gonna be at the show and that they were gonna be on the Gymshark stand before the event. And then of course, when the event doors opened, It turns out that loads of people have come to see their favorite influencers and they all pile onto the Gymshark stand. All the product sells out. The website goes absolutely nuts. And this is really the start of Gymshark's crazy success journey. So they've kind of rinsed and repeated that ever since, right? This is exactly the same approach that they've taken. So they sign up fitness influencers as Gymshark ambassadors. Now, interestingly, usually these people have a longer relationship with the brand. So whereas with Fashion Nova... Um, you'll see people making the odd post about uh, Fashion over With Gymshark, you'll actually find that people tend to be in Gymshark clothing almost the whole time. It's almost like they are part of the company. So there's a really tight relationship with them there. And there seems to be a very family feel with all the ambassadors um, as part of Gymshark. But it's important not to treat Gymshark as just a social driven business. Ben Francis, the founder, is very digital marketing savvy and SEO has been a clear priority for them from the start too. Ever since, you know, very, very early days of Gymshark, he's been targeting, ranking for non-branded terms, realizing that this is a great way of getting people onto the site who are looking for things like, say, workout leggings or workout tops. If you can get someone searching for those sorts of terms onto the site, get them buying, then it's a chance of getting some repeat business and turning that person into a Gymshark customer for life. Another thing that's really helped Gymshark's growth is Ben's willingness to put himself out there and to almost be a bit of an influencer himself talking about the success of Gymshark. This creates a kind of positive uh, viral loop of hype if you like in that the success of the business generates coverage which generates more coverage, which generates you know, more success, which generates you know, more coverage, and you get this kind of uh, this thing where people want to be associated with the company. A little bit like with Fashion Nova, how people are desperate to be featured on the Fashion Nova feed. A lot of people in the fitness space are desperate to be Gymshark influencers, and it's seen as something that you know people really aspire to. Which obviously gives the Gymshark influencers gives them a boost of their visibility as well because they're now on this pedestal ahead of everyone else and it's this kind of perpetual cycle thing the feedback loop of awesomeness if you like so there we have it three shopify success stories now if i were you here's what i'd be asking great three successful stores what about mine what can i learn from these that i can apply to my e-commerce store or my business to get me some of that growth what are the things that I can take from these fast growing e-commerce businesses? Well, we've worked with hundreds of clients in every imaginable market over the years. And we've noticed that all e-commerce businesses with these three, you know, being completely typical, have three things in common. The first is they have a great product. If you're trying to just drop ship crap, if you're selling rubbish product, it's not happening. If the product is weak, it doesn't matter how much traffic you drive to it, it won't work. If the product is unappealing, if people don't know that they want it and you can't convince them that they do, or if the product is inferior to other stuff that people are used to buying, it won't work. This sounds so obvious, but there are so many e-commerce stores out there that are struggling because actually they're not fit to compete. They don't deserve to win because the product isn't good enough. All three of these examples that we've looked at today rely on repeat business to get freaking massive. Because the reality is that if you're relying on one-off purchases, you might have to spend so much to get each customer in in the first place, it can be very tough to make that work financially. We recently looked at the Hutt Group and how they incentivize people to make that first purchase by giving steep discounts. On the first order. Now, again, they're willing to do that because they know that the repeat purchase is gonna make that worth it. The customer lifetime value is gonna be strong. And it's exactly the same here, particularly if you're running any paid ads. You need to know that your customer lifetime value is good in order to make the money because you might be breaking even or even losing money on that first sale. The second commonality is a great website. Now, these websites, as we've said, are all Shopify and they're all decent, but really the platform that they're on doesn't matter. Yes, Shopify is easy to use and that's great and it makes it a good choice for a lot of people. But actually, there are limitations, particularly around SEO. These businesses, the truth be told, would have succeeded on any platform. It's the design and functionality of the website, not the platform that it's built on, that will determine its success. The third success factor is high traffic. Of course, a website, however great it is, is nothing without visitors. All three of these success stories have a way of getting visitors to their website to buy. So, whether it's influencers, whether it's SEO, content, Facebook groups, other organic social, paid search, YouTube, whatever it is, they know where their audience hangs out and they know how to get them onto the website and back onto the website to buy. And that, folks, is really all there is to digital marketing. Those three things great product or great offering great website and high traffic. Those are the three things that you need to succeed. Without any one of those, it becomes a lot more difficult. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. We need the validation. Uh, But also Exposure Ninja is happy to offer you some free help with your digital marketing. So if you're thinking, "Ah, do you know what, it's really time that we took our business, whether it's e-commerce or service to the next level, it's really time that we drove some more conversions and more traffic through our site. Great. We offer something called the free website and marketing review, which will help you to do exactly that. What happens is you go to ExposureNinja.com and you fill out a short questionnaire about your business. Then one of our marketing consultants will take a look at your website. They'll have a look at your competitors and what you're doing currently to generate business. They'll then put together a prioritized action plan showing you where they would suggest that you focus your digital marketing over the next six to 12 months to significantly increase your website visibility and the amount of sales that it generates. All of this is delivered to you as a video. So they'll show you on the screen as they're going through the website, here's what to change, here's what to do, here's what your competitors are doing. It's an absolutely killer service. So go to ExposureNinja.com and click the big button to request your free website and marketing review. It's genuinely the best thing that you can do. It's totally free. There's no obligation to use our digital marketing services at all. Although obviously I have to warn you that a lot of people do because the reviews are so awesome, (laughs) but there's no obligation to do that. So go to explosioninja.com and request your free website and marketing review today and I'll see you next week.